1: Hi guys, welcome to Not Basic Blonde podcast and my celebrity guest today is Allie Levine. She was on the show trip by Bravo TV and she's also known as Celebrity Stylist. So she styles from red carpet events and appearances to music videos, world tours and so much more. Hi Allie, how are you? Hi, I'm good, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you.
2: I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast.
1: Oh, thank you, Allie. Well, let's just get it started. Uh, Would you please tell our listeners about yourself? And I know you also have a podcast. Would you please tell us more about it?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm Allie Levine. I am originally from New York. I moved out to Los Angeles about nine and a half years ago and I have always been passionate about fashion and You know, the wardrobe world and styling. And I came out to LA to want to further pursue my dreams in wardrobe and ended up, you know, working for all different amazing people like Kanye West team and the Kardashians and all these just major, major people in the business. And then started styling my own clients and started getting best dressed and, you know, getting mentioned in places like New York Times and Business Insider and all these incredible opportunities that led me to being a celebrity stylist and fashion expert. And uh, then from there, I started getting asked to be on camera to talk about fashion tips and lifestyle tips and just, you know, different things in my expertise. So I started going on TV, you know, locally and nationally on different segments, on Fox and CBS and ABC and all these different, you know, uh, amazing shows and sharing my expertise. And what you just uh, mentioned, uh, Bravo Stripped, that kind of happened after I was styling, um, you know, a lot of the people on Vanderpump Rules, like Sheena Marie, who's a good friend of mine, and um, Ariana Maddox. different people that, you know, were a part of Vanderpump Rules and Lisa Vanderpump and Gretchen Rossi from the Housewives and all these different really amazing individuals who I got to become friends with and also their stylist that the Bravo family started to kind of get to know me. And when they were casting for Stripped, they came to me and were like, we would love for you to be a part of this. And I told them like I was down for any fun, you know, fashion show they were doing. And they were like, well it's not really fashion. It's more like we take all your shit away. And, uh, you know, you learn how to survive. And I was like, um, why would I want to do a show like that? Uh, and So um, my husband, Justin, actually was the one who was like, Oh, no, you should do this. This would be really good for you. Like, it would be good for you to get, you know, kind of your head out of your own ass and be so like, you know, in the Hollywood scene and be obsessed with fashion, like it would give you a reality check. And I was like, I don't want to do this. This is so not, you know, for me. And sure enough, you know, we signed the papers and we ended up becoming cast on Stripped. So the show itself, of course, for those that have seen it on Bravo, was about having everything taken away from you for 21 days and how do you survive and what do you ask for back and what do you learn And so fast forward after going through all of that and, you know, being on the show and, you know, learning a lot and now being a new mama and everything to my daughter, Amelia Ray, I decided after I became a mom, I wanted to have my own podcast. And so that I kind of played off of being on the show called Stripped Down with Ali Levine, except I spelled it S-T-R-I-P-T-D, Stripped Down with Ali Levine as like a play, uh, fun on words. But I really wanted it to be about like stripping down to the real raw me and how I've kind of, I guess, come about and evolved in this world of Hollywood and myself and my business and my own personality and kind of found myself all over again from becoming a mom. And so my podcast at first was just all about motherhood and kind of my struggles and, and sharing my highs and lows at the beginning of motherhood. But now it's been amazing because I've had so many celeb moms and public figures come on and share their stories. I've had others who, you know, one day want to be parents and share their entrepreneur stories. So it's been a really cool new space for me to get to have these conversations and share. And, uh, you know, I just love the podcast world. And I, that's why i was so thrilled to be on yours. And so, yeah, that's kind of uh, me in a nutshell. <laughs> wow, that's an amazing experience and your husband is so open-minded
1: that's like I'm so oh
2: my god um, he was like yeah he was like listen he's like you know it's a show you've like always wanted to do something fun on tv and I was like yeah but this is not what I wanted like I talked to you know my manager my pr team and I was like we've been trying to do fashion for years like why am I gonna do this and they were like hey listen it's Bravo. It's a great, you know, experience. You'll learn a lot. And I was like, easy for you to say, you're not the one having everything taken away from you, you know? And, but you know what, honestly, it really was a good lesson and it was a good experience, but it was very hard to go through. Really? What was it look like? Oh my gosh. Well, so of course you only see bits and pieces with the show and editing and everything else, but you know, they come in and so the beginning, of course, is they come in and they take everything out. So the first day, is literally just moving your stuff out for like 15 hours. Like I remember sitting there on the couch while they're interviewing us, having conversations about how we're feeling about everything leaving our home and just watching everything leave. And it's such a weird feeling to see how much stuff you actually have and how much you actually accumulate and how they're moving everything out, like one by one, piece by piece. And then like, I'm running into the room and going, Oh, be careful. That's a designer dress or, Oh, those are designer shoes. And you know, freaking out when they're putting things away and putting things on the truck. And they're like, okay, you know, calm down, everything's moving out, you know, and that was like hard for me in itself, just kind of watching all my stuff leave and have like this real reality of check of like, wow, we're really doing this. And like, this is really happening. So that was hard in itself. And then, you know, the first night was so hard because you're on the hardwood floor, they don't give you anything but uh, water rations like these nasty food rations are kind of like uh like uh, space food if you will but grosser um they're like military mres or whatever um and then um toilet paper so like literally you really don't have much so we're on our hardwood floor trying to sleep using toilet paper rolls like prison style to sleep on like for pillows and we're freezing and we're trying to like cuddle into each other because you know at this point for those that hadn't maybe seen the show we're naked like they took everything away from us including our clothes and we're butt ass naked so we're laying on the floor and we're like trying to cuddle we're trying to be warm we're trying to be comfortable and it's just miserable so that night just went so slow like I just remember looking at Justin and we didn't have a clock so we had no idea what time it was and I just kept looking at him and going do you think it's been an hour do you think it's been two hours like it was just awful and then finally we passed out and like we could see the light coming in from outside and it was just that first night was so brutal and it was such a reality check of like hey you're doing this like whether you want to or not like now you're in it so that alone was just I don't know it was it was really hard I had a really hard time Justin was better about it he was kind of like oh we get to be free we don't have our phones we don't have this we don't have that I was a mess I was like crying for like the first few hours I was having a really hard time being so vulnerable with the producers I was having a hard time being naked like it was just really hard for me oh my god did they take your phones as well they took everything. I mean, everything like that. Yeah. Your phone was not happening. Like they took everything. When I say everything, like they came in and they literally moved everything out. Our house did not look like our home anymore. They took everything off the walls. They removed like everything that they could. They chained up our stove because it was drilled in. So they couldn't get it out. So they chained up our stove. They locked our fridge. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it was, they were not joking around. Like it was, barren in our home there was nothing there we had nothing but each other and the water and the box that had the mre rations for food and toilet paper and that was it nothing wow
1: that's very that's crazy yeah it was so i would do that
2: like it's like people watch it and be like oh it's like a show and i'm like yeah but when you live that life for 21 days like it messes with your head man like you're just like oh my god like what is this and even though you know you're filming like you're still in it it's still your life so it's just, like, it's very intense. And then, you know, every day you get one item back. So, like, Justin was a team player the first day. And he's like, listen, there's no way we're going to survive being on this floor. Like, we cannot be on this hardwood floor another night. Like, we're going to lose our minds. We're going to be so pissed off. We got to get, like, a bed. We got to get something. And so instead of getting the bed, Justin was like, let's get the couch. Because our couch was, like, in pieces. Like, it was one of those – um the love sack couch. So it like had pieces to put together like a sectional. So he was like, let's get that because then we can use like pieces of the couch to like sit on and relax. And we can like maybe use parts of the couch for other things. Like he's very handy, my husband. So he was like, you know, I got this. Let's do that. And so for those that saw the episode, they saw him going back and forth to the storage unit that was a half a mile from our home. That's where they put everything. It was a half mile from our home. We had to walk there every day, barefoot, naked like go there get everything out of the freaking you know container and the first day we got like leaves (laughs) and put them around us and like ran down the street and like we were grabbing like for sale signs off people's lawns to try to cover ourselves and the leaves were slipping and cardboard boxes out of the garbage I mean you name it like we were just grabbing anything to be scrappy and be able to cover our bodies and so We're running around with that. We get to the storage unit. He gets pieces of the couch. Took so long. Poor guy. He was like sweating. I could only help him so much because everything was so heavy. He was carrying piece by piece by piece back to the freaking house to be able to have a couch. I mean, it was so intense. I could not handle being naked anymore, so I got back a dress. And I felt so bad because he stayed naked so we could have the couch But I just couldn't deal. Like, I had to get dressed. I didn't know what to do with myself.
1: Wow, that's intense. What were the challenges that you faced?
2: Challenges I faced? Uh, Definitely not having my phone. I didn't get my phone back, I think, until, like, day four or five it was. Um, Because I got my clothes back. I got my shoes back. Like, I got the necessities back first. And not having my phone was really hard because you know I was still styling clients I was still doing work I was still working so people didn't know why I like was MIA so when I turned my phone back on I think I had something like 10,000 messages or something like that it was insane and I just remember like literally having a panic attack standing there when the producers were like filming my phone turning on they're like hold on hold on and they're like trying to calm me down And I'm like trying to see what's going on because I've got clients yelling at me that are like, where's this package? I've got an assistant texting me. I've got, you know, family contacting me. I mean, it was just like so much happening. And it was like for me at that point in time of my life and where I was in my career, I answered everybody like immediately. So like nowadays my phone like isn't even near me right now. And like, I'm not even worried about it. But back then I was so focused on being connected and was so almost like a slave to my phone, I guess. And I would answer no matter what. Like if somebody wrote something, I responded. So everyone was like, oh my God, where is she? Like, why isn't she responding? So that was really intense for me to like see that like I wasn't responding and everybody was trying to get a hold of me. And it was really hard for me because I had clients mad at me and everything. So that was like really quite the challenge. Also, they made me go to work um during it. So having to go to a red carpet being like a serious hot mess. I mean, I was in the same dress from the first day I got, you know, my dress back. My hair was a mess. I had no makeup. Like that was super upsetting and super vulnerable for me because I go everywhere glam and it was like, you know, here I am going to this red carpet event, not only making sure my client looks good, but also I'm showing up and I don't even look cute. And I'm in this like little casual nothing dress and all the photographers are there and it lives online. And it was just, it was really hard. Like they were, you know, filming me during it and they were asking me how I was feeling. And I kept saying like, this sucks. Like I'm having a really hard time. You know, this is really like not fair. You know, I worked so hard for my career and my own brand and everything I've done And to show up here, regardless if I'm filming a show or not, to show up here and be so not like Allie and not be put together was really hard for me. And that was like, you know, a really big struggle uh, during the show, I would say, and challenge for me and just challenge for me in general to be able to handle and deal with not being so glam and not being so put together. And it's something I've actually learned as I've, you know, now become a mom. Like I'm not glam all the time now because I can't be. And back then, when I, you know, before I was a mom, before I got pregnant, I had no idea what it was like to be like that in life. So it was it was a really big lesson for me to learn, like, wow, you kind of hide behind a lot of like your glam and your fashion and you don't really let yourself just be you and you have a really hard time just doing that. So that was a lot of big challenges for me. And I feel like in general, I learned a lot emotionally and like mentally going through stripped because you really are stripped down to nothing and it kind of really makes you look at yourself and say like who am I without all these materials because at the end of the day we all have so much but when everything is taken away from you like who are you and for me like that was a really hard question and journey that I had to answer during the show.
1: Wow, I don't even know what I would do without my phone. Plus, I'm so much like you
2: is my glam style and everything. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you get addicted to your phone and you're answering everyone. It's like I will say though, like, you know, coming out of the show, I really do think for me, like it was for the better. I believe everything happens for a reason. And I think it prepared me for motherhood I think it prepared me just for my own changes in my own life and you know drawing boundaries with clients and not answering them at two in the morning anymore and not feeling like if someone texts me I have to run and answer them even if I'm not able to it created you know um, a way for me to feel like you know what it's okay to draw boundaries like it's actually totally normal and like it's okay that I don't respond two minutes after you text me, like, it's completely normal. But because we are in this world of, like, everything is so instantaneous, I think we forget sometimes that we're allowed to be human and we're allowed to take time to just rest or we're allowed to take time just to do stuff by ourselves, or, you know, whatever it may be that maybe fills up our own soul or makes us feel good, we don't have to get back immediately. And I think that going through the show taught me that.
1: I forget that a lot. And sometimes I feel like I must respond right away and I become a slave to my phone.
2: You're fine and you're an influencer. And it's like when you're in that space and you live yeah. in that space, that becomes part of your world. But we don't realize that like, that's only a small part of our world. That's not our whole world, you know? So it's like other things going on outside of that. That's what really matters. And I think going through strips, like really taught me that because I think there's just something about when everything is taken away from you, regardless that, you know, you're going to get it back. It's like, you don't have everything for 21 days. So you start to look at life a lot differently. And, you know, Bravo was smart in the way they did it with the 21 days, because they say it takes 21 days to, to break a habit. So for them... It was like, we're going to put you in this situation and hope that you learn something and take it away. And it changes things in your life because you're doing this for 21 days. So like for me, I realized like I couldn't have makeup. I don't think I got makeup back until maybe the end. And I think I only got like lip gloss. So I had to learn how to be without makeup for almost, you know, a month. And like, that was a big deal for me because I always do my makeup. So then once the show ended and I was back to, you know, everyday life, I wasn't putting makeup on every day and I realized it like Justin and I would go get like lunch on a weekend and he'd be like, do you need to get ready? And I'd be like, I'm going my sunglasses on, lip gloss, we can go. And he's like, oh, okay. And it was like refreshing for him because he's used to waiting for me, you know, for an hour and a half to get ready before we go out. And I was like, no, it's okay. I'll just go like this today. And I think, I think I felt comfortable like, you know, being able to share that and being able to, you know, um, just be me and not feel like I had to. Always be glam or, you know, always be put together. Like, I love getting glam and I love, you know, um, making myself look beautiful and I love makeup. But I think that it taught me like, you are still you. And it's okay to not always feel like you have to be, you know, made up and you don't have to always be on. And especially in my industry, you know, of being a sort of stylist and fashion expert and then, you know, being you know, in the public eye and being on camera and all these things, I think there's a pressure, you know, in in that part of the world where you feel like, well, I have to always be made up or I have to always be, you know, put together. And it's like, well, that's not always the case. You're allowed to be human too.
1: Oh, that's so true. But did you guys get compensated for the show?
2: Yeah, we did, but not, not like what you would think on these crazy shows. (laughs) I mean, it was something like no complaints, but it, you know, it was not like, you know, people think when they hear compensation, they think, you know, massive because of other shows, but this was, you know, this was a documentary. This was not like a, you know, housewife franchise. You know what I mean? This was like a brand new show. So it was, uh, you know, nothing crazy. Let's just say. I see. Is there anything you want to disclose to us that have not been disclosed on the show? Hmm, let's see. I am out of contract, so I'm allowed. Um. Well, we did not know we were going to be naked until, like, the end Um. when we got ready to film. They told us that they were thinking about, like, doing, like, either, like, mesh something to make it look like we were naked or, like, only let us have, like, the minimal clothing and, like, not be glam and whatever. And then, like, halfway through casting and halfway through our, our signing and everything they were like you know we decided that we're going to go ahead and have everyone you know be naked because it'll really give that vulnerability and you'll be like stripped of everything and it was like huh what <laughs> very unexpected and I remember like almost wanting to like pull out to be honest and be like I'm not going to do this but like my publicist and my manager and everyone they were like listen you know This is an opportunity. This is something that you decided you were going to do. So, you know, you shouldn't back out at this point. And so it was kind of like, okay, I'm committed. I'm going to go through with it because I'm a, you know, in my business, I'm committed period. So it's like, even though this was like a show that, you know, was still a documentary and whatever, it was still part of my business. So I was like, okay, I already committed. I'm going to do it. But it was really hard to make those phone calls to our parents and be like, Hey, so remember how we told you we were doing that show where they take all your stuff away So, um, just so you know, (laughs) we're going to be naked, you know, it was like, (laughs) and they were just like, you're kidding. Like they were, they were shocked and they were like, oh, you know, they they thought we were joking. They're like, oh, haha, it's really funny. And we're like, no, really, like, we're going to be like, we're like, we're going to be naked. And they were like, oh my God, you're serious. And then when the uh, commercials aired of us like running around like naked, like it was just hysterical like people like oh my god like 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 the phone calls and the text messages like everything was hilarious and it was just like I I don't even know people's reactions were like oh my god you're good like you're naked and I was like yeah I know you know so that was like I don't know that alone was just so intense of being like hey you know uh, you know, we're naked, uh, you know, we're going to be naked. Um, you know, this is not just taking all your stuff away. Like we're going to be naked. Like that was just, that was kind of crazy to me that that kind of just got added in there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Did you have any judgmental comments? Uh, yeah, of course I did. Um, I, so, you know, I, um, had a lot of people reach out, like, especially after people found out I was pregnant, like a little bit after filming, because I got pregnant, you know, um, basically like right after the show. And, um, you know, everyone says we got pregnant on the show, but that was all kind of added in to, of course, like add into all the drama, but we got pregnant like right after, um, filming. And I do believe it did happen from the fact that we did go through strip. I definitely got a lot of judgment when people found out I was pregnant. Um, because a lot of moms were like, Oh, what's your daughter going to think that you were naked on television? And you know, what, what, you know, what are people going to think of you now that you're you know going to be a mom? And I thought that was really rude, to be honest, because in my mind, I'm like, it's not like I was like on a porn show, you know, I was on a show, you know, going through an experience. And that was part of the experience. And like what I learned from it and what I went through. And it wasn't about the fact that I was just there naked, you know, it was like, there was way more to the concept of it so that was hurtful to me and I felt like a lot of people didn't necessarily understand that and they didn't like maybe you know take that into consideration when they watched the show they kind of just looked at the surface of it but they didn't actually see the concept behind it so that you know that there was a lot of that that came through to me and then just in general of course people are just haters because of bravo so people like would be like oh look at you, you're crying at the red carpet, like what's wrong with you. And again, it's like, I get it to them. Maybe it's like, whatever. She's at a red carpet and she's not put together. But to me, like, it's my business and it's my career and it's my brand. Like I'm there and, you know, I'm don't have makeup on and my hair is not done. And I'm in a very simple dress and I'm not put together. You know, like that's very vulnerable when you're walking a red carpet like that When normally every other red carpet you walk, you're super glam and you're put together, you know, and you have time to get ready and you, you're aware and and everything. So for me, like all these things that people felt like, you know, weren't a big deal, they were a big deal to me and people called me out on them. And, you know, I I just, I had to obviously after some time of getting hated on and whatever and judged, I had to kind of just look away and be like, you know what, you didn't experience it. You don't know what this was about. So, you know, therefore whatever yeah I learned a long time ago not to care about people's (laughs) opinions they don't pay my bills (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's hard because you you know you want to be human and you want to like care in a sense but then you really can't fully care because it's like you just said like you can't care about every single person's opinion you really kind of have to only care about those that matter and those that are around you that actually like love you and care about you and and know you like personally and everyone else is kind of just like noise you know it's just like well you're gonna have an opinion no matter what a lot of people sadly have opinions because they're you know upset obs- in their own lives or something's, you know, wrong in, you know, in their situation. So therefore they take it out on you. And it's honestly more sad than anything else. And I kind of had to come to that when I had so many moms coming at me, you know, after I'd announced my pregnancy, I couldn't get over. And I finally would like message some of them and say like, you know, you're a mom and you're treating me like this. Like, that's not okay. Like, what would your daughter think of you treating me like this, let alone like what you're saying, you know? And I just, And so many of them didn't even respond and I didn't expect them to. But I just thought to myself, you know what, if that's how you feel, then that's how you can feel. But I I learned something from this experience. I truly believe it actually is the reason I did get pregnant so quickly because I think that I was finally in a headspace and in a clear mindset to be able to allow that to come into my life because like how we were saying before. We're so connected on our phones, and we're so back and forth with people and constantly and you know answering people and doing whatever you know someone needs that like you don't realize it consumes you. And for me, that was consuming me and styling and fashion and wardrobe and everything. And I wasn't taking any time for me or my husband or anything for that matter. And so I think going through that allowed me to like have this opening within myself that was like, okay, you're, you know, maybe I'm not ready, but like you're somewhat ready because you're actually in a space where you're allowing yourself to breathe and allowing yourself to not have to answer everything, you know, minute by minute. And I think that that's, you know, why, you know, I really did get pregnant with Amelia. So for me, I feel like honestly, at the end of the day, stripped was a blessing and it was meant to be for me. And so for those that want to judge and say, I can't believe you did a show like that and that's crazy and you were naked on national television and that'll never go away to me, I'm like, you know what, it was an experience. And it was an experience that really taught me. It also brought Justin and I a lot closer in our marriage. You know, we, um, you know, like any marriage, we had had our ups and downs. And when, you know, whether, between moving from New York to California, and not really having anyone and only having each other, and then me being such a workaholic and not really giving any time to him, you know, it was really hard on both of us. And we went through a lot of emotional turmoil and everything. I lost my grandmother um the, that that year um after I had gotten married when we moved out to California. So there was a lot going on for me. And she was like my very best friend. That's who my daughter's named after. And so for me, I feel like I buried myself in work and in my career because I was like, this is what I came out here for. I'm not going to let any emotions, you know, hit me. And then when we went through Stripped, Strip was all about emotions. You know, it was like, even though they didn't show everything on the show, the producers, like, every, you know, 30 minutes were sitting us down in testimonials and going, you know, what are you learning right now? What are you feeling right now? You know, what are your emotions telling you? And, like, that's really intense in itself because it makes you sit there and think, like, oh my God, what am I learning right now? Like, what, like, how am I feeling? Like, and it really makes you mess with your head, which obviously is their job. But, it's like in the moment you sit there and you go, Oh my God, like what is going on? Like, what am I learning? Like what's happening? You know? And so for me, I think I took it really heavy and I really processed things going through it. And I think same with Justin and I, it was like, there were so many days where we didn't have phones and we didn't have anything. And what do you do when you're naked, you know, together and you know, with a room of producers, you're just sitting there. So like we would sit there and have like genuine conversations about like, our lives and our marriage and you know our friendship together and I feel like a lot of those conversations may have never take place if we didn't go through the show. Wow, that was like a therapy, like hardcore right? therapy. Seriously, yeah. it was hardcore therapy. And like you know, nobody tells you this. Obviously, when you go through these kind of shows, you know they're like, oh hey, we're gonna take your shit away for 21 days and like see if you survive. And you know we're gonna film it. And it's like you know you hear that and you're like, all right, whatever. And then you go through it and you're like. Oh my god this is so intense like This is like no joke, you know, and no reality show is not intense, but like, I feel like because it was such a documentary reality show and it was so real, there was no getting out of it. You know, like I would say to them at night, I'd be like, Hey, I have to go to this event tonight. And they'd be like, okay, go. And I'd be like, well, can I get ready? And they'd be like, no, you're still doing the show. And I'm like, yeah, but every other show people like are able to like, you know, get themselves together and go do what they have to do. And they're like, not this, sorry. This is a documentary. This is your life. Like this is every waking hour for the next 21 days like this is you and I was like oh my god this is so intense (laughs) so you know that alone was just I don't know it was a big learning experience you know it was just there was so much that wasn't told to us of course because that's bravo and reality in general like never believe when they say oh this is it because it's never the truth there's always so much that's not you know written in or in between the lines but we learned that but you know it's like, like just think in general the experience was so intense and when people watch the show they just see like this show but they have no idea like living that life for 21 days it's freaking it's it's intense like man i don't know what other word for it like it's intense it's emotional like you said it's therapy it was just like kind of everything all in one
1: (laughs) yeah i can only imagine i mean i cannot even imagine what i would do in this situation but what resources helped you along the way
2: So there was one thing that the show was all about, which was the fact that they said like you could rely on the kindness of friends or strangers because they wanted you to utilize like your real relationships versus like money and and, like materials. So we leaned on our friends a lot, Um, like one of our friends, because they knew, of course, that we were, you know, filming. So like one of our friends stopped by to check on us and I begged her to like bring us like, you know sandwiches so we could like eat normal food and they let her do that. So like she went out and got sandwiches for us and like drinks. And you know, we weren't allowed to pay them back. So it was like you had to have conversations and be like, listen, you know, thank you for all you do for me. And you know, I appreciate you taking care of me. And it was like kind of it was interesting because they wanted you to basically utilize your relationships and like what you actually have between your friends and family versus just, you know, money, like, oh, hey, I'll pay you back because we didn't have any money. Like, they, oh, yeah, also, they didn't necessarily say this on the show, but they froze our bank accounts, they froze all of our apps, like Uber, Lyft, everything, they froze everything on our phones, Um, they they, like, stopped everything that could, like, have any kind of help as far as vehicles or as far as Venmo or cash or any of that, it was all shut down. So we literally had no way of doing anything or using anything because we had nothing for spending. So we had to rely on strangers and friends or neighbors. So we relied on our neighbor when it came to getting the couch back. Um, after Justin had done rounds and rounds of carrying the couch and being exhausted, I went and knocked on our neighbor's door and asked if they would come and help us. So they drove down to the storage unit and helped us load the rest of the couch in their car. And during this, we weren't allowed to tell them we were filming a show. We were only allowed to tell them that we were doing a social experiment. So they're looking at us like we're crazy because we're like, uh, so yeah, we're doing a social experiment and we're, you know, testing the, you know, friendliness of others. So, uh, would you help us get these parts of the couch? You know? Um, so that was kind of hysterical and intense to say the least. Um, and, uh, so we did, you know, so we did that. Um, what else did we, we had my friends bring some food. My brother came, he brought us, um, sushi and, um, A cake, which was hilarious because we weren't allowed to use our fridge because unless we got it back, we were allowed to use it, and we hadn't gotten it back at that point. So the sushi (laughs) is so gross. The sushi was sitting out, and the next morning we were like, "Oh God, that's got to go in the garbage." Like, you know, we didn't think of that. Like, your fridge is just something that's such a necessity in your home. You always put things in your fridge, so we didn't think anything about the fact that like it wasn't. You know, the the sushi wasn't in the fridge, so that was something we like learned during filming, but. You know, I think we, we leaned on our friends a lot. You know, we leaned on the people that we, you know, have gotten close to in California, that we built relationships with, that we trust. Um, you know, we leaned on, you know, uh, Justin had to lean on one of our friends to get him gas to get to work because um, he didn't have gas in his truck. And they were like, uh, sorry, you can't go to work then. Like, you can't use money to get gas. So he had to, like, lean on our friend to take him to the gas station, to put gas in his truck. Like, it was... You know, it was very intense and it definitely like makes you think when you're in it like, wow, like what if life was like this? Like what if there wasn't monetary value? Like what if materials didn't mean what they mean? It's it's very intense and just like very mind fucking. I mean, you just kind of are like, whoa, this is a whole different world wow that's crazy and right also, I mean yeah they, yeah they just you know it's like I think we all like of course rely on our cards and our cash and this and the apps and this and that. and you don't realize like all of us how much we myself included we, we all you know lean on those things daily because it's like you think about it right you go out with friends and you forget your wallet you're like oh can I Venmo you oh can I use my cash app or oh whatever you don't think anything of it like you don't trip But going through this, it's like, no, sorry, you don't have any of that. So, like, how are you going to make things work? And that was, like, very eye-opening for me. Wow. But
1: did the producers stay with you the whole time or they were just coming there to film a few hours a day?
2: I wish they came a few hours a day, girl. They were there all the time. They set up what they call in this business video village, which basically they were like, in our garage where they set up like their little camp, if you will, and they were in there, they even locked us out and they would stay in there like day and night. And if they ever left to like go on a pee break or if they had to go home for something, they left GoPros in there. So they watched us at all times. So we were on camera. 247. We never got a break. Oh, wow. That's (laughs) very intense. (laughs) It was very intense. Wait, and I will say something that definitely didn't air that, like, a lot of people don't know. It was really funny because, like, obviously you're, you know, naked for many days and then you're also going through this for 21 days and it's intense. So we wanted to, to, like, you know, get it on at one point. So we locked the producers out. But, with, but from the um, front door and the garage door we figured out how to lock them out the other way and so they were so mad and they were banging on the doors to get back in and then we, we finally opened the doors and let them back in they were so mad at us and they were like what were you doing what was happening what was going on and we were like we just needed our privacy for a moment and they were like you can't do that it's not allowed not 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 in your contract and we were like listen we are already in hell going through all this we needed a little bit of pleasure okay <laughs> was they did not even Allow that too? No. <laughs> oh my god! No, because it was like everything was on camera, you know. We weren't trying to be on camera for that, so it was like we locked everything out and like took our mics off, you know. You know, during that, and they were so mad. They're like, "What were you saying? What was happening?" And we were like, "We weren't saying anything. We were just enjoying each other for a few minutes. It's okay. Calm down." <laughs>
1: like, they, <laughs> were
3: so bad.
2: they were so mad. They were so mad.
1: Oh my god! What's yeah. the best advice you ever received in life?
2: best advice I've received in life. Ooh. Um, let's see. Um, my father has always told me as far as business is concerned that remember that in life it's three degrees of separation. So even if you feel like, you know, you're climbing the ladder and you're at a certain point or you're at your top of your game, in some way, shape or form, there's always someone next to you that like you knew that maybe was at the bottom as well. And now is like next to you in that business, or maybe you end up changing your business and you go work somewhere else. And now that person is your boss. Like you never know who is going to be where so you're always respectful to everyone and you never have an ego and always stay humble because everyone really is connected in this world whether they feel like it or not and it's really important especially in business of course just being human but like especially in business to remind yourself that so that you do excel in business and you do continue to build those relationships so I always remember that like even with all my success I'm like three degrees separation like everybody at the end of the day really is you know around the same corner as you and could be here with success and could be there and could be above you. And so it's just important to remember that like you always should be respectful and you should always be cheering other people on and you should always be connecting and, and supporting and not the opposite. So I've always kept that in mind in business. And then I think just in life, it's just been to like enjoy life. You know, my grandmother, I mentioned before, you know, passed away seven years ago now who my daughter's named after she always told me to enjoy life. She'd always say to me, like, I know everyone tells you this, but like, it's really important to actually enjoy life and actually smell the roses and, you know, take on experiences and, you know, go past your fears and push yourself and just enjoy life. And I never really, I think used to understand that. And as I've gotten older and now become a mom, I feel like I'm starting to understand like what that means and actually smell the roses and like go out and do things maybe I wouldn't do before and, you know, push past my fears and put myself in vulnerable situations more and allow myself to fail. And I think that's really important too, is like allowing yourself to fail because at the end of the day, we all will fail and we all do fail. And it's just a matter of like, how do you handle failing? And how, what do you learn from it? And how do you get back up? And how do you teach yourself to keep going? And especially like as an entrepreneur, like myself, I have to constantly remind myself, like, you will keep failing, but failure is what brings success. And if you don't allow yourself to fail, like you'll never get the success that you truly want and truly deserve. So I have to constantly remind myself of that when I get down on myself and feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why am I in this business? It's like, failure is inevitable. It's success that takes so much work. And every time that you even think you're successful, it's like, there's still so much more to go. So you have to just keep that in mind and keep allowing yourself to continue to learn and excel and, you know, move up the ladder, you know, in life. And it's like, I think the more you allow yourself to do that, the more you also connect with others, the more you are humbled by your experiences and the more you're able to like, see everything way more clearly. And I think also from becoming a mom, I also look at life way differently. And I have like this motherhood lens on, if you will. And I see things just so much more clear now. And I see like how precious life is and how quick, you know, life happens, especially watching like my daughter's milestones and seeing everything with her being like, so, you know, just growing so quickly. I'm like, wow, life happens so quick. Like you really do have to enjoy it. That's amazing. I do forget sometimes about what's going on around me because I'm so
1: caught up in work and I'm so caught yeah. up
2: in it's my so daily- You know, it's yeah. so normal to get caught up and it's so normal to especially get caught up with your phone and social media and everything, especially with what you do. And it's like, I think that a lot of us just forget that like there is so much of a world outside of that. And like, it's important to be able to like fill your cup and still give back to you, whether it be for your own self-care or to go see a friend or go see family, like whatever it is that makes you happy and allows you to like just fill up inside in your passion outside of work. Because we all do, you know, for the most part, we're all very lucky that we do love our businesses and we love our work, which is why we work so hard and we get so caught up. But we have to remember that like our jobs and our work don't define us we define us that's so true we used to live without Instagram before and now we cannot live without it right I know it's yeah. crazy and even me like I have to take breaks like some days I just don't go on for like two days because I'm like you know what it'll survive like I may you know my impressions and whatever might go down for the day but you know what I need to take a mental break I need to just step away and like be present in my own life and not feel like I'm stuck on this machine you know so I think it's important and I think also strip taught me that it was like taking those mental breaks and allowing yourself to have those inner calm moments and allowing yourself to step away and hit the pause button and like have a reset. Like it's totally fine yet we all feel guilty for it. And like stripped for me forced me to do that. You know, it was like, Hey, sorry, all your shit's getting taken away. So whether you're ready for this or not, it's happening. And so for me now like coming out of that, I remind myself of that. And I'm like, you know what? I did that for 21 days. I can take a break for three hours and life won't end.
1: Oh, I totally agree with you on that one. What do you wish you had known before you started your career?
2: Oh, wow. What I wish I would known before I started my career? Um, I wish that I knew it was okay to fail <laughs> because when I was younger, I used to put so much pressure on myself. I still do, but I, have to, I check in with myself better now. But when I was younger, I used to tell myself, you can't fail and you have to be successful and keep going for the top. And I put so much pressure on myself as a young girl that like, I think back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you had just started, like you were already getting major press and all these amazing accomplishments. And you didn't take the time to even like pat yourself on the back. Like when I think back to that, I'm like, I should have sat there and been like, Oh my God, I just hit this milestone that I didn't even think I would get to in a year. Oh my God. I just got to style this amazing celebrity who I didn't even think I get to talk to, you know, in, in a year, like all these things that I think I took, for granted. And I also just got caught up in so quickly that I didn't like smell the roses. I didn't enjoy, you know, the fact that I was having all these, ex- you know, accomplishments and being successful. I just kept looking, what's next? What's next? What's next? Instead of appreciating what was in front of me and appreciating, you know, what was happening and all the good things that were happening right in that moment and being present. And I wish that, you know, my younger self had understood, like, it's okay to be present. And like, it's a good thing to enjoy the present. Like it's always good to look to the future. But if you're always looking to the future, you're never going to enjoy what's in front of you.
1: I do that all the time. And I, I forget, I'm so hard on myself. And I always yeah. like, keep going so fast. And I set up always the biggest goals for myself.
2: Of I do, don't
1: actually sometimes but it's, but it's, forget to
2: live in present. Yeah, but it, but it's good that you you know like listen, it's great you set up goals for yourself. I do the same thing, but it's like I think the difference is is that when you look at those goals and you go okay, this, these are my goals. But then when you hit one, you actually celebrate it and go, oh my God, this is one of my goals. And I hit it by, you know, X amount of time. Like, let me relish in that for a moment. Let me like sit on that and be like, oh my God, I actually did that versus just looking the next thing. How do I get to the next goal? How do I, how does this happen? How do I get here? It's like, no, just enjoy that. You just had that moment and relish in that first, and then let that take you towards your next goals. That's what I've learned. And, and something, honestly, I'm still learning and teaching myself. Like I try to practice what I preach and I'm, I'm trying to also teach myself. Like when I have those moments, I try to write things down in journal and I try to remind myself like, Hey, Ali, you wanted these things and you got them. So like, why don't you take a step back and actually be appreciative of yourself and like actually tell yourself, wow, you did a really good job and not look to the next thing.
1: Yeah. I started doing the same and I have a life coach that i done some lessons with like in yeah sessions so she told me the same and I start doing it I have the journal too and I write things down and I write my goals and I write Um, just to calm myself down and slow down sometimes because I'm such a fast-paced, like, I don't
2: stop. Yeah, most of us are, you know, it's a very fast-paced world, and the more technology becomes heavier, and the more we live on our phones, and, you know, the more that everything changes, the more that everything becomes so much more fast-paced, and it's, like, great as far as connecting, like, I've, like, you, I've made amazing relationships and connections, but it's, like, at the same time, sometimes it's, like, almost not sustainable because we're going so fast. It's like some, some days I feel like I'm on this like hamster wheel and I'm like, Oh my God, like, how do I get off of it? You know, it's like, how do you allow yourself to just step off for a minute and just appreciate the inner calm and like appreciate that you can journal and you can meditate and like, you can do things to slow down in the moment and allow yourself to be like, oh, I'm just going to breathe for a minute. Like sometimes I think we all forget to breathe. And I, I, I'm working on like breathing more. Yeah, I started doing too. And I do yoga. So that calms me down yeah, a lot too. <laughs> yeah, it's necessary. You know, it's like you, as much as we're doing so much to move forward in society and with technology and everything we're doing, we have to also think about like our own like spiritual and mental health and all that. It's so important, whatever you believe in. And it's like, you got to take care of that too. Because if you're not like mentally fit, like I've learned, everything else is a mess. Yeah, that's definitely defines that. And Uh, where can our listeners connect with you online? Oh yeah, for sure. So you can find me as we were just talking about social media. (laughs) You can find me on Instagram at Allie Levine Design, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design, all one word, Twitter, Facebook, um, Pinterest. I'm pretty much anywhere you type in Allie Levine Design, you'll find my social platforms. AllieLevine.com is my website uh, if you'd like to be styled by me remotely or in person, com, or you're more than happy to DM me and ask me about style consultations. Um, I'm happy to uh, work with, you know, everybody. I don't just style celebrities. A lot of times people think that it's just celebrities, but no, I style everyday people as as well as celebrities. I, you know, enjoy working with everyone. Um, and my podcast, uh, basically anywhere you can listen to this podcast or you find a podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, stitcher google play you know all those places you can find strip down with ali levine s-t-r-i-p-t-d down with ali levine and yeah um i think i think that that's it i'm trying to think of like are there any other places but i think those are like my main my main spots, you'll pretty much find me and be able to connect with me and feel free to DM and say hello. And, you know, tell me if you heard me on, you know, this show or, you know, or you saw me on Bravo Stripped. I, I love connecting with others. I really do love the social media community for the most part, the non-haters. And, um, you know, it's a, uh, it really is a fun place to connect. So please come say hello.
1: That's nice. Thank you so much, Allie. I had Thank so much fun.
2: Yes, Such a great too. story. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I hope I answered all the questions and everything you wanted to know. <laughs> oh, you did. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Well, that was it for today, guys. And thank you for listening to Not Basic Blonde podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Not Basic Blonde underscore or NVB podcast.
3: information connect with a wealth advisor today at corient.com that's c o r i e n t.com corient.com sick of being upsold at gyms